Welcome to the Man Up Podcast. I'm Winston Wolf. I solve problems. A spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. So, for the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men, this is Man Up. Welcome, everybody. This is the Man Up Podcast, podcast number 106. This is Spiritual Oasis for Men. We're not pastors. We're just regular guys trying to deepen our faith, and we're glad you're here. And where is here? Here is Sugarland Baptist Church, Sugarland, Texas. Grab a globe, spin it around, bang! If you hit water, well, then you're in Robert's house. <laughs> no. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. Go find Texas. The southeast corner of Texas is Houston. Southwest side of Houston is Sugarland, and that's where we're at. <clears throat> what we do is we get together, and hopefully you follow us on iTunes. We have all of our lessons uh, archived on SoundCloud. We also have a Facebook page at Man-Up, and I'm going to let the professor talk about our website that we have as well. But what we try to do, this is something that men don't get the opportunity to do. And what it is, is it's stories, rich stories from the scripture, and hear it and apply it to your own life. And that's what we do here with these guys. And one thing about it is, we all have different differences of opinions and as you listen to the people and get to know them you might identify with one or two of them their point of view more often than the others my name is Bill Cox and I'm the host I'm the director of the man up this is a spin-off of the adult Bible fellowship or Sunday school class men's only and we want to bring this toxic manliness to you and this is what we do so and with that I'm gonna go ahead and I'm first I'm just gonna go ahead and introduce our uh, our panel that we have here uh, today and uh, then I'm gonna go ahead and let them uh, summarize the lesson that we're talking about and he is a world-class trainer he knows all about remediation of a house because it got flooded and we're feeling sorry for him Te- even though Te- we're trying to make fun of him. But technically, I did not flood. We had a water incident. <laughs> <laughs> and if you know anything about insurance, you will understand why I am making that distinction. Right, right, right. So so if you have his, if you're a claims adjuster, uh, Robert Koch, you probably be getting a hold of you. So <laughs> we're glad you're here, Robert. And also, he is a He's an attorney, but he's also a prosecutor, so he can defend you or he can throw the book at you. We call him the judge. That's Michael Cropper. Hello, everyone. And another world-class guy. He is a professional policy writer, but he's also a bit of a gambler. We call that kind of like risk management. That's Mr. Steve Titch, and he's here. And my name is Bill Cox. I'm basically a sales guy, writer and actor kind of thing. But we have an open door policy here at uh, Man Up, and who walked through the open door? It's Deacon Kyle Trahan. Not I. <laughs> right, right. And so, and with that, I'm going to go ahead and uh, just get the uh, fellas to kind of set the stage 
for this particular lesson. We've studied about David many times. As a matter of fact, I'm glad Kyle came in because he actually led us in that uh, study <clears throat> a, a bunch ago. But the nice thing about it is, I was trying to think. <laughs> it really was. It was. It was. But, uh, but what we do is we look at different sides of these characters and characteristics and different angles of the stories and that's what we're doing tonight and with that I'm going to go start out with uh, with the professor yeah this is first of all it's great to be back in the room um, I called in last week I was in DC and actually did we did live on location from the National Mall for the nice. podcast just for something a little different but this is interesting and there's some interesting leadership pieces when you look at this as far as how this gets set up being a for David being a leader. And so this is an interesting and, and I'm glad we didn't get to talk much about it last week, but I'm really glad that we're taking th this section of David's life. Because we've done the first part of David's life ad infinitum at this point. Absolutely. Two or three times. And so now we're kinda getting the sequel. We're gonna get the second part. Mr. Steve Titch. Well, there's a contrast between the way David is anointed king of Israel and the way we saw Saul anointed king of Israel. Um, it is clear, now, now again, this, this is written by religious people, not historians, so they're looking back at Israel's history and trying to see where you know the relationship with the, the, the nation had with God, and it's clear that Saul, Saul was named king in spite of what God wanted. He and and if we go back, you will go back to that um, story, which is in First Samuel chapter ten, verses seventeen to twenty-three. We read that uh, Samuel the prophet said, "This isn't a good idea." But we're going to do it anyway. And they threw some lots, and Saul was very reluctant. They had a, they, they, he was out with the baggage wagons, and they had to right. drag him in. And right. his characteristic was that, well, gee, he's tall. Right. <laughs> and and, uh, and as we see here with David, and, 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 and we'll read it, that, that the selection is much more judicious. Uh, it, the, the text notes that the Lord was with David. Uh, and the people themselves saw that this was a leader. He had a background. He did defeat Goliath uh, so many years ago. He had experience in the court. And, his, and, and as we left off last week, he had already been the king or the ruler of, of, the, of the land of Judah, the Judah tribe, uh, in Hebron for seven years. So we see a lot of differences. We'll talk about as talk about it as, as as we go on. Deacon Kyle, nice looking shirt. I mean, and I know this is audio, but uh, but for those of you that are out there, just trust me. He's wearing a nice shirt, and it's not pink. I was gonna say. <laughs> if you didn't, I was gonna say, and it's, it's not pink. pink. It's got some pink highlights. Right. Uh, it's <laughs> Nice. Peach at best. Okay. At best. I like it. Uh, yeah. Um, 
you know, actually, Steve just brought it up is that God was with David. You know, my point for this start anyway is that, you know, we have to remember to come to the Lord before, during, and after. I mean, it's, it's pray without ceasing and, and all of that. And I know that is really hard for most of us to remember while you're driving down the freeway here in Houston, you know, or whatever. Of, Lord, just give me the patience, you know. But it's come to the Lord and everything. And we'll see in this passage that he did come to the Lord, and the Lord spoke to him a bunch, you know. So, that's it. Michael Crop. Yes, my, my uh, first of all, the lesson we're in today and the lesson we had last week are some extremely colorful uh, illustrations of David. Um, in fact, but they're, they're, to me, they leave out some. And, and my thing is always that serving the Lord is not easy. And to David to come to this point where he is anointed king over Israel, he went through a lot of trials and a lot of tribulations. From the first time he was anointed king, uh, to be king, and he fought Goliath, then he went into the household of Saul to live as a, 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 more or less an altar boy, you might call him, but he was actually a servant boy for Saul. And then Saul decided that David was a problem after he had played, made him commander over his armies, and David won many, many uh, uh, battles. Uh, Saul decided he would try to kill David. And this went on for years, uh, approximately anywhere from 13 to 16 years. Robert, I think, mentioned this last week. David went a long time before he was made king over Judah. He was chased by Saul many, many years. Saul wanted to actually kill him. David had the opportunity to kill Saul, and he did not kill Saul. Um, so David went through a lot of hardships to this point. And last week's lesson came the news that, in fact, Saul was killed. God had removed the anointing from Saul and placed it on David, and Saul and his sons were killed, which left the opening for David to possibly become king. However, there is another son that's involved here, one that was not mentioned whenever the battle went on with the Philistines, and his name is Ithbosheth. <clears throat> and so David is anointed king last week over Judah, and for the next seven and a half years, Ithbosheth is placed as king over Israel. So you've got to walk back, you've got to look back at this. And between the two, the two families, the family of David and the family of Saul, they fight. They fight big time. There's a war. Chapter 3 in 2 Samuel says there was a long war between the house of Saul and between the house of David. And eventually... It comes to the point without, now I'm going to skip a ton of details, which is a surprise, right? But anyway, we go to the fact that Ithbosheth is, is murdered or assassinated by two of his commanders. And they in turn, again bring Ithbosheth's head to David, thinking <laughs> that David's going to be really happy. This is setting up for today's lesson, by the way. So you'll understand the background. They think David's going to be really happy because they know that he was anointed to be king over all of Israel, but it has not come forward yet. Then guess what happens to them when they show up? Well, they're executed. Uh, and now comes the opening, I guess, that, that all of Israel has been waiting for, for David uh, to, to be uh, 
accepted and placed and, over Israel. And the well, tribes ahead, come please. to David. The tribes yes. come to David. What, yes. Uh, they do not, and, and well, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking out of turn. Yes, I do want no, to. I, no, well, and, and I just wanted to bring up, based on what my story was, interesting again, here are two men who, like last week, did something that they thought was going to let them find favor right. with David and yeah, I don't think that was the favor they were looking for. We've all had something backfire, haven't we? <laughs> we have. We said that last that week. Totally. This is a total man lesson. Whoops. You know, <laughs> yeah, not, yeah, the way, not the way I saw that turning out. And, and the really bad part is for them, it was worse than the other guy because the other guy, they just killed him. Yeah. These guys, they cut off their hands and feet first. Right. Then they strung him up. Then they killed him. <laughs> yeah. So David went through a heck of a lot before he, before right. today's lesson. Mm-hmm. Today's lesson finally presents, after 37 years, presents David in the light that God had anointed him to be. So it took him. And I'm going to go ahead and get ready to uh, read the scripture. <clears throat> but before I do, just want to let you know out there that although uh, many times the topics are the same, it's kind of like an onion. There's all sorts of different layers that we look at and that we focus on. And this one is, and this one is much different, you know? So, uh, I wish they we, could see that. Mike with the illustrations is yeah, pulling off layers over there. Right. <laughs> yeah. You're right. But it, it really it comes down to uh, the different chunks that you can take out because you can say just look at this part of Learn the story yes. and dissect it. Right, mm-hmm. right. We're in the Connect 360. Uh, this is Triumphs and Troubles. It's from the Baptist Way Press. This is lesson number two and the heading is Consolidating the Kingdom. Um, and this is Second Samuel 5. Then all the tribes of Israel came to David at Hebron and said, Behold, We are your bone and flesh. In times past, when Saul was king over us, it was you who led us out and brought in Israel. And the Lord said to you, You shall be shepherd of my people Israel, and you shall be prince over Israel. So all the elders of Israel came to the king at Hebron, and King David made a covenant with them at Hebron before the Lord, and they anointed David king over Israel. David was 30 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 40 years. At Hebron, he reigned over Judah seven years and six months. And at Jerusalem, he reigned over all Israel and Judah 33 years. And the king and his men went to Jerusalem against the Jebusites, the inhabitants of the land, who said to David, You will not come in here, but the blind and the lame will ward you off, thinking, David cannot come in here. Nevertheless, David took the stronghold of Zion, that is, the city of David. And David said on that day, Whoever would strike the Jebusites, let him get up the water shaft to attack the lame and the blind, who are hated by David's soul. Therefore it is said, The blind and the lame shall not come into the house. And David lived in the stronghold and called it the city of David. And David built the city all around from the millow inward. And David became greater and greater, for the Lord, the God of hosts, was with him. And Hiram, king of Tyre, sent messengers to David, and cedar trees, also carpenters and masons, who built David a house. 
And David knew that the Lord had established him king over Israel and that he had exalted his kingdom for the sake of his people Israel. And David took more concubines and wives from Jerusalem after he came from Hebron, and more sons and daughters were born to David. And these were the name of those who were born to him in Jerusalem, Shemua, Shobab, Nathan, Solomon, Ibhar, Elishua, Nephu, Japhia, Elishamana, Eliada, Eliphat. When the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over Israel, all the Philistines went up to search for David. But David heard of it and went down to the stronghold. Now the Philistines had come out and spread out in the valley of Rephaim. And David inquired to the Lord, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you give them into my hands? And the Lord said to David, Go up, for I will certainly give the Philistines into your hands. And David came to Baal-perazim, and David defeated them there. And he said, The Lord has broken through my enemies before me like a breaking flood. Therefore the name of this place is called Baal-perazim. And the Philistines left their idols there, and David and his men carried them away. And the Philistines came up yet again and spread out in the valley of Rephaim. And when David inquired of the Lord, he said, You shall not go up, go around to their rear, come against them opposite the balsam trees. And when you hear the sound of the marching in the tops of the balsam trees, then rouse yourself. For then the Lord has gone out before you to strike down the army of the Philistines. And David did as the Lord commanded him and struck down the Philistines from Geba to Gezer. One thing that strikes me about it is David is the prohibitive favorite. He's the front runner because initially he killed the Philistine. He killed Goliath. So he has all this fame and it seems to me one of the big things that I, I can't believe that he doesn't do. It doesn't seem like he's questioning why he's been anointed. Because even though he's, even though he's anointed, he still has to go through all these troubles yeah. that he's gone through, these tests. <coughs> he never questions why but his older brothers it. didn't get anointed, right? Yeah. He was seven, number well, seven right in the family. It's never written. Yeah. You know he's well, we to, know his brothers You know there. he had to question it, though. I mean... Sure. The logical mind says it anyway. Yeah. You know, why I would have questioned it. Yeah. What? Why me? Same as like Mary would have done. You know, why me? Yeah. Who the heck am I? I'm just some kid. But, but when you're the winner, when you're the winner, though, uh, why why do I have to win again? Well, I don't think I I, th I think he's past. If he, if he did that, he's past that. We are now seeing David at the height of his powers. You might right. say That's he correct. is now. He he does not see the Philistines in the same now the same way he did when he was the kid going in with the slingshot. He is, and, and but more importantly, he's not longer asking why. He's, he's got this relationship with God. He, we, we see this throughout this last part of the story. He can, there, there's two battles. He consults God twice. And again, in contrast to Saul, 
he obeys God's instructions. He does exactly. He, he does. He does. Remember, remember when when Samuel told Saul to wait, don't attack. Wait till I get there. Right. And Saul got all nervous and plunged everybody into battle, and it was a disaster. Right. Here, David asks. He goes. Then in the second part. He actually gets some battle strategy, right, and God right. does tell him, "No, don't do a frontal attack. Come around back and listen." And and so uh, now we can we can avoid the, all the discussion about you know well you know it's got war and you know killing everybody. The, I think the point of the lesson here is David consulted the Lord. He 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 tried he 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 planned everything everything he did he he did with. You know the Lord at his side. He didn't. He didn't try to run in there by himself. You know another thing. How many times have you talked to people that have <clears throat> consulted the Lord and he told me this, but I didn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, what, what, are you, what are you waiting? You were waiting for Plan B, and the Lord. Okay, no, I didn't like. I didn't, I didn't like your Plan A. Divine <laughs> confirmation <laughs> is what they're looking for. Yeah. Well, and and in yes, this, this too, the, the other thing that always strikes me about David in particular, if there was ever a man who had, in the first half of his life, we'll talk about the second half later, because there were some issues there. But in this first half of his life, if there was ever a man that had an inherent sense of timing and insight and charisma, for lack of a better word, to be a leader, David was it. Because as Steve brought out, Saul, when Saul was nominated king over Israel, it was kind of like, Okay, well, he's the tallest. His family's the richest. I guess we'll take it. <laughs> right. You know, and then Absolutely. and then after he got the job, he was constantly battling with people to get them to go along with him. You know, it wasn't always, you know, him standing mm-hmm. up. You know, the old the old war movie of follow me, and mm-hmm. they all fell in behind him. It was kind of like, really, saw you sure about this? <laughs> And this is this is one of the takeaways because because it's, it's, you can't read this as things as God spun a wheel and pointed a finger at David. David had the gifts, yes, and Definitely. that that re, and that relationship with God, he, he cultivated that those gifts, and and he had everything that you say he had the the charisma, the 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 the, the battle strat, the battle smarts. The, the political smarts. What he does here, and we can go back, what he, what he does here is that he chooses Jerusalem because it doesn't belong to any tribe at that well, point. Well, Jerusalem, if you look at it, it's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Jerusalem is almost in the middle of where Saul's kingdom was, mm-hmm. but it was a foreign power in the middle of his mm-hmm. kingdom that he never bothered I mean, to conquer, little, never did state, anything. But it, it gave... it, it, it and, and when you think about how Let's take it up to the 21st century and say mergers and acquisitions. Okay. You know, there's always the company that does the buying. And that merger, because there's always people who are in the company that's being bought and going, oh, look who's coming in, the boss from and all his friends. And, and at that point, a merger can be really bungled if it's not handled right. 
So most of them are. Dave, <laughs> David, rather than rather than saying I'm going to stay here in Hebron and everybody's going to come to me and this is where I'm going to have the throne, or I'm going to take all my army and march into Benjamin and occupy all of their lands, he and, and we can talk about it because this one he he stages what what appears what can be interpreted as a commando operation. Right into into Jerusalem, which is occupied right. by the Jebusites. Basically, you know, it looks like he he and his, some of his mighty men climb up. I was going to say it down. was it was it was very specifically the mighty men <laughs> that we studied previously who captured Jerusalem. It mm-hmm. wasn't David and the Israeli army, so Israel could say it's our capital or Je- right. no. There's a reason Jerusalem is called the city of David. Mm-hmm. Because it was David's from the beginning. Because, as you said, he had the political smarts to realize, I set this up as my city. It's not down here in Judah. It's not really up here in Israel. It's in between the two. Everybody has to come to me. I'm in charge. And Israel, I thought was interesting because Israel, he'd been king of Judah for a while by now. Seven years. You know, they, had, they had kind of accepted mm-hmm. him and let him... Mm-hmm. and. Israel kind of went through all their things, and it sounds like Saul's son wasn't doing that good a job. <laughs> you know, there was a whole battle there with Abner. Well, yes, he, he was and, not inspiring. Yeah, he yeah was, he, it was. It needed it, and the tra- he, and the, he, he needed work. He needed, <laughs> he needed coaching. That, as we like to that say, that was inertia. I mean, yeah. I don't even know. It sounds like there was a bit of a civil war, but it sounds like they pretty much gen, yeah, stopped. But, and and I know that the, obviously the tribes that that were in the north were not that happy. Yeah, and and once, you know, and he obviously had troubles in his own court because his own men assassinated him. Yeah, and but it's interesting because they then come to David and say, "Be our king." Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. David doesn't have to conquer. Mm-hmm. David yes. has yes. all of that leadership stuff we've talked about that leads mm-hmm. them to come to him and say, "Hey, yeah, we mm-hmm. like you. Let's go. <laughs> We're on your side." David, when he begins to run from Saul, you guys brought up some interesting points, and that's simply his leadership is so powerful. When he ran from Saul, it says he went into the land, I think, to Ziklag, and all these men from everywhere came to him mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and gathered around him, up to 600 men. And while he was the leader, they did what was right. There was no question when he said, we're going to worship God this day or we're going to do this. You, you may not be have to worship God, but you had to follow David's decision on what was right and what was wrong and who was killed and who went to war and who didn't. Well, and he even stopped him from killing Saul on a couple of occasions. Yes, yeah. yes, exactly. And he took those same men with him to Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. And he took mm-hmm. them and they followed him. As long as David was that leader, as you said, charisma, People did what they needed to do, and as long as he served the Lord with all his heart, they followed him. And it's, it's sort of like a pastor of a church. You all know if you've been in different churches, the, the congregation, when you have a dynamic pastor and a good leader, the church will resemble his leadership and follow his leadership. And they'll even quote some of the things he says outside the church. They'll even act a lot like him. I've seen that. And then you change pastors, and the church will change in a different direction with the new pastor. The same thing, David was, was so powerful and so intelligent and had so much charisma that wherever he went, the people followed him. And, and I mean, that's like one in a million, if not, not less than that. 
All right, and with that, we're going to go ahead and uh, take our quick break. Uh, this is podcast, podcast number 106, Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men, and we will be right back. You are listening to the Man Up Podcast, Spiritual Oasis for Men. Just like any muscle, we feel the faith muscle must be exercised. And here we do it real authentic, the Man Up way. Not pastors, just regular guys, each on a unique spiritual journey. Thanks for joining us. Deep questions and discussions you won't hear anywhere else, especially in today's climate. Missed an episode? They are archived. Free for you to select on SoundCloud. We come to you from the Man Up Studios at Sugarland Baptist Church, Sugarland, Houston, Texas, in the United States. Have a question or comment or want to book a speaker or group and have Man Up come to you? Contact us on our Facebook page, Gigmasters or WMACox at Comcast.net. And now, back to fellows of Man Up. <clears throat> and we're glad you're here. Where is here? This is Sugarland, Texas. This is Man Up, Spiritual Oasis for Men. We're not pastors. We're just regular guys. But we do this podcast to go alongside of you on the spiritual journey and talk about faith stories and the applications to our own personal life that men quite possibly never have the opportunity to do. And we do that weekly here. So we're so glad you're here. You can find us on iTunes. Uh, all of our uh, episodes are archived on SoundCloud. We also have a Facebook page, Man Dash Up. What we are in is Connect360. It's from Baptist Way Press. We're in the study of uh, 2 Samuel. And we're taking a look at David. And this, is, uh, this particular lesson is about consolidating the kingdom and one of the things that really struck me as I was reading this <clears throat> was how David just seemed to be fairly graceful as he accepted each of these new challenges to his life and like I don't know whether it was Steve or, or Kyle or Mike or Koshu that brought it up, but it just seemed like he was willing to do what God says and not necessarily do what David wanted. And I think that's that's one of the things that kind of struck me about this and the difference between him and Saul. But we're going to well, go ahead we and got, continue on. We got this because, well, here's... It, that's in, he did. He he thought he did what God wanted, and he was successful. Uh, and that's the other part I think of this gracefulness you you mentioned. David never loses sight of who he owes it to. It's kind of like the, right. like the you know ball players now. They hit the home run, they point up, or they win the game, they 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 point up. He's always he's 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 pointing up. And that's the cultural blind spot we have, even inside the church. We want to claim all the authorship for ourselves. We wanna, and, and, and that's my big, big, big thing, too. You know, I, um, you know, I made this. This is mine. I wrote I made this. this. I wrote this. Um, a, this is, I earned thing. this. That's a guy I, thing. And this is a guy thing. And, oh, and it's, a, it's some, a guy thing. <laughs> and in some ways, the, the church with you know, the, the, the Protestant work ethic kind of reinforces that. 
and and not not to necessarily trash the values that are behind that, but everything good comes from God. That's what the Bible says. The Bible does not say you work hard, you play by the rules, and you will be you will be rewarded. rewarded. Yeah, absolutely um, not you, right. Uh, what, what what you're getting at here is you you obey God. You will like. You may be rewarded, and and we have well, an and example. Not only that, but so you go, may go. be like David, who gets chased for twenty. Yes, and you know, yeah. David did not. Guaranteed trials. Nobody, nobody, yep. nobody guaranteed it, and, yeah. and uh, so and and we know this. We know this, and I, I can't remember if I said this last week. We know this because David left so many psalms behind. He, he, we 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 know that he was uh, was passionate about his belief in God. His God as his refuge, uh, God as his convictor or as his prosecutor. He's, and, and and we have all, we have all that in the background in in the Psalms he wrote, um, and and things like the Lamentation he wrote last week we talked about. So here's a man who who walks with God and is 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 graceful and never really well you know you never know but tries certainly tries never. To try to believe that it's all up, it's all because of him, and and that's well, I mean, that's that's the that's a guy thing as right, and and we don't you know we don't we, we resist that I, and we actively resist that idea that somebody else I owe this to somebody well, else. <clears throat> well, he, oh, here's the, here's the thing because every time you fail, a guy will take that failure upon himself. You know, I mean, the the guy that strikes out to end the game when the bases are loaded, and they ask him, they go, "Well, well, God help me strike out." You know, of course, you always take the blame yourself, and so it's only natural that it's hard to share the success, <laughs> right? But he's got another king, actually. Sending them people to build them a house, you know that's mm -hmm. yeah. that's got to give you the big head concept, you know. Uh, You're rolling in the right neighborhood then. <laughs> that happens, you know to exactly. You. That you know he now he's made it somewhere. Mm -hmm. I even have kings sending his mm -hmm. workers to build me a house, you know. Uh, there, uh, there's at some point I think a lot. It can go to anybody's head. No well, matter how strong your mm -hmm. faith is, you know, uh, we're all susceptible. And and I do think you start seeing some of the some of Dave, the cracks in some of David's thing here because one of the things that ultimately uh, ultimately uh, ultimately undoes him is much later because in verse thirteen you get this kind of a little throwaway line, but and David took more concubines <coughs> and wives from mm -hmm. Jerusalem. After he came from Hebron, and more sons and daughters were born to David, then you get the names. But he'd been better off yes. just drinking some more wine. And, uh, yeah. That, oh my that God. Later you, know, shows you know, you're exactly right. This is I'm glad you raised because it is thrown out almost. It's thrown out non-judgmentally. It's just mentioned. There. Yeah. But there's there's this interesting. I, I I was reading about it myself. Deuteronomy seventeen seventeen. Um, where the rules or the guidelines for a king are being spelled oh, out that's right. by Moses. 1717, at least the first part of the verse. He must not take many wives 
or his heart will be led astray. Now, it doesn't say how many wives are, are many. too many. Yes. Yeah. But nonetheless, I'm it's, thinking it's, more it's, than one. Yes. Well, <laughs> well, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> well it's more than one. But, is but many. nonetheless, it is. It is his unfortunate. Very well being, because I mean, mm-hmm. the original mm-hmm. was man mm-hmm. and wife. Yeah. Right. Man mm-hmm. and woman. But it. But one. It's, yeah. Adam would have never got by with it, buddy. No. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's interesting. You do see here. Yes. Where well, and once again, we, we brought this up when we talked about David before, and when we talked about Saul in particular. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that for 700 years, I'd, I'd have to look at my numbers to find the right number, but beforehand, for a long time, remember, Israel had no kings. They had the judges. Mm-hmm. And, but God had said, when you go there, you're not going to want to... When, when you get there and you want a king, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, talk about the prophecy yes. of Scripture sure. coming in. Mm-hmm. Sure. Because the law definitely existed by then. Because Samuel even reads a section of this when he mm-hmm. starts to put Saul in charge. And he says, hey, mm-hmm. let, let me remind you. What, the, what, what it said here. Yeah, though, yeah. that, right. that uh, sort of goes back right. to Moses. That, that yeah. In, the, in, their, in their religious, in their own scripture at the time. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting. Mm-hmm. And, so and, and, he doesn't so, consult God for everything. Then. We know. But you know, but, but to, to, to what? Exactly. To what he celebrates. God has truly given me my kingdom. Let's have some more. Well, well, to the point that, that Kyle was making, this is part of the process. They're thro- these are alliances. They're, they're throwing the other kingdom. Oh, he's getting, he's getting cedar yeah. from, from Tyre, yeah, yeah. from Lebanon, yeah. the cedars yeah. of Lebanon in there. Yeah. Right. And he's got these other kings throwing their wives, throwing their daughters, and, daughters and, yeah, right, yeah, and saying, let's, 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 let's bind the treaty in marriage. And uh, yeah. so, so again, you know, it is, it's this interesting line between, you know, politics and God. And it is, it's, I, I like the fact that there's really no, no judgment in this. It just and, says, and hey, well, well, this is happening, this is happening. Almost like, you know, this is going to come back to haunt you. You know, I, I say this about, you know, uh, bringing it forward into today, that, you know, every man is susceptible. All right. You take the Me Too movement and all the stuff that has come out in the last couple few years of mostly very rich, very highlighted, you know, in the limelight, whatever you want to call it, uh, celebrity style guys that have come out or been implicated, whatever, that those lines got skewed. Okay. You have great ethics. You have high moral standards but they have high opportunity and then I get rich (laughs) I make my first mega movie whatever it is and all of a sudden everybody knows Justin Bieber right Mm -hmm. okay your name is darn near a household or you know household name and you have people coming at you from every angle for everything Mm -hmm. to get whatever out of you and you're going to lose some of those lines. Well, it's, it was all entitlement. The, the lines that's, become That's really blurred. what it was. It was a sense of entitlement. I'm, I'm, you know, this is, you know, 
Well, I can do, be, I'm, I'm, I'm going to demand, to I'm going to get my sex from, I'm going to make her a star, but I'm going to get my sex. If you want the part, I'm going to, you're going to have sex with me because I'm who, I, because I'm the guy you need to make you a yes. star or get yeah, that yeah. part. And yeah. I, and I'm, and I'm here. That's, it is, it is. And, and yeah, and I'm sure. Some of it maybe, but again, some of it, I think maybe they lost where those lines were supposed to be drawn, you know? Guy's groping a, a waitress or whatever in a broad daylight of a restaurant. He lost the perspective of where the boundaries. He's lost all burgers. He's lost all. And 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 so let, let's talk about. Other than I just got to throw this out there. God, did we really just use Justin Bieber's and it was straight man up podcast? That just. Petrified. Well, it's besides that point. Well, there's a lot of man up there, with him. <laughs> oh, yeah. I could have a better illustration. But Jeez. is there, do you think, <laughs> as you get higher in power, because we definitely see this with David, and we're really going to mm -hmm. get to explore it as we mm -hmm. move forward. I think we get a little inkling here. As you move up in power and stuff, do those lines get blurred, and is it because of the sense of entitlement? Yeah, I think, it's, I think it's power because you can get away with it. It's power. It's what everybody else does. I mean, this is this is the irony of it. God wanted, to, if God wanted a king, he really was trying to communicate, if you're going to be king, you're not going to be like every other king around the right. Middle East. You here. don't get a bunch of gold. You yeah, don't get a bunch just, of wives. You're, you're still <laughs> going to be... You're, 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 going, you're, you're not going to be the ultimate king. God, I, God says, I am the, the one in charge mm -hmm. here. So his expectation is different. Yet, really what it comes down to, if you see it with Saul, they, they want, they want the, the earthly perks. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> absolutely. And, you know, and, 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 right. and in, in some ways it can't, it can't be helped. I mean, I'm not, I'm not letting him off the hook here. It just happens. You, you, you begin to compromise and compromise, and well, you know, the king of Tyre has his concubines. Why? That, isn't that what a king's supposed to be? Mm -hmm. And they define the king, they define authority. Let's, let's take it to our world. Rather than kingship, they define authority, they define CEO, not by the way God defines it, but, but by the way everybody else does, by the right. way the world does. Right. Do, do you see, I, and I'm, this is kind of curious, do you see that, Mike? With people as they come and they do stupid stuff that, for lack of a better term, that they have an entitlement sense to it. Well, I think they have no sense of morale or no no ethical black and white standard anymore. It's being blurred, like you guys said. I was just while you're talking about this, I was thinking about some of our our, our people who are idols now. For instance, y'all know Cardi B just came to the the I rodeo, think, yeah, right? She was the rodeo and, this and year. filled it, right? She's a stripper. And the Kardashian girls, all these people are being held up in high esteem. And so the, blur, the lines mm -hmm. are being blurred, Steve. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so it's very easy for our Christian children to start going along and saying, oh, they sing great songs. Oh, they do great performances. And they, we do blur the lines. And the lines are blurred for our children. Well, see, what happens is if you really like somebody or, and they really have talent at one thing, 
depending on what that one thing is, you're willing to give them a pass in a lot of other things. Mm -hmm. If the one yes. thing that they do is very That's important correct. to you, like hit home runs, okay? That's correct. <clears throat> well, then a lot of times they'll give them a pass on the way they act in the clubhouse or... Or yeah, yeah ex or exactly. You're a great fundraiser. They give you an honorary doctorate. Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. I can make you money. So mm -hmm. oh, here you right. go. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. You didn't earn this. And and that's the thing. And I, I I guess part as we're coming down to the end of this lesson, how did David stay humble? I mean, yeah. I mean, he had his he had his moments taking more wives he, and concubines and stuff, but. But he recognized that God is the one who provided for him, I who think gave really, him the power. I really think, because every time David went far astray, and, and we're going to really talk about these over the next several weeks, week six, seven, and eight, <laughs> I do not know the dates because I have not counted. I've been kind of without a book, so I didn't know where we were until today. But week chapter, lesson six, seven, and eight of this. I am telling you now, stay tuned. It is going to be off the chain great. Uh, it, is, it is two of my favorite. It is one of my favorite stories in the Bible because there's so many man lessons inside it. It's not even funny on both sides as you look at them. And I think it's because David stayed semi-humble because he he had roots. He had roots in his faith. And while he may have strayed from those, I think those roots always could bring him. It, it's the old saying, there's no place like home. You can't go anywhere without getting mama's good cooking. Right. The same thing. There are roots. David had those roots of his faith that even when he went way off the reservation, those roots brought him back. Well, I think that we as parents can kind of see that, and I'm sure my parents can see that in me, too. Being a child of God, someone that really liked going to church, but yeah, uh, absolutely would stray. But then when I'm away for a couple of weeks, like I have been, and I totally appreciate Steve and the rest of you guys filling in for me, but I miss this... But I also strayed a little way. But when you get off the beaten path, it's unfamiliar for you. You've created these habits, these habits that hopefully are enriching your life. And like I've always said, my faith just makes my life better. I don't really question why or whatever. It's pretty simple to me. But I can, I can just feel when I'm... When I'm going astray, I can the pull back into the orbit, and it's good. And I see that in my kids too. And I think that's what David also kind of felt too. Mm -hmm. Yes, he did stray, but he was back in orbit. You know, well, and, and correction. I, I will tell you this. So, as Bill alluded to earlier, for our listeners, we had a water incident. In our house, yeah, we had a, yeah. we had a we had a pipe flood, and and I made a couple of jokes about it. One one joke is so the where it broke was our what we call our front bathroom, which is smack dab in the middle of my house. 
I found out my foundation work I did eight years ago is working fine because the water spread evenly throughout the entire nice. house. And do you know why you call a laminate floor a floating floor? Because it floats. When you get water Absolutely. under it, it floats, floats. literally. Absolutely. And, and people are like, oh my God, you're making jokes. I'm like, uh, yeah. What are you going to do? Yeah, what are you going to do? Yeah. I can only cry. Gonna, I'm done crying. What are, what are you going to do, number one? But then also, hey, it's going to be okay. You know. Did, did, did you go through an initial, seriously, and I mean this, yeah. when it first occurred, did you go, why God, when you came home from church said that? I mean, maybe I a mean, little I, bit. And, see, that's normal. May, that, I, I maybe a little that. bit, but, but then I quickly put the quick good spin on it because we had a couple of spots in our laminate floor where our cats had been not so good cats, and so they had bubbled a little bit, and I was looking at one section in particular going, Glad I got that box of wood out in the back that I can replace these. And sure. then two years ago, my wife and I had talked about remodeling both our bathrooms. <laughs> uh, okay. Cool. And so, so I, my wife's two like, years hey, there you go. Got a couple of lemons in this bag. I'm going to make some lemonade. Yeah, I'm like, hey, we're getting what go. we want now, babe. <laughs> exactly. Right. So yeah. it, it was very short-lived. And we all do that. It, it was. I, and I and, and I think... It was, and, and part of it really was going through and going, you know, there's there's nothing I can do that's going to change it. Being upset and angry and bad and yeah. not going to change it. It is what it is. But then an acceptance, too. And, and I think part of it with David, I think part of that's why David was successful. He could accept whatever was rolling his way in whatever way it was rolling because all that time he's on the run. Personally... If I'd have been running from Saul, the man had thrown a spear at me three or four times, me and Saul are in a cave, I'm walking out, Saul's not. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but David had the wherewithal about him. Yeah, the patience, yeah. Yeah, and the patience and the strength. Restraint. Yeah, restraint. That's the strength. Right. All right, we're coming down to the end of, uh, this is lesson two, consolidating the kingdom. Um, Talking about David, get some... Final thoughts from the panel here, and uh, Kyle Trahan, give, me some, give us your summary or takeaway. Um, Robert kind of alluded, I mean, it took a lot of time. There was a lot of character building is what I'm going to call it. Um, yeah. to oh, David. good term, good term. Yeah, you know, yeah. that he was anointed, we, we talked about it um, in class, somewhere between 14 and 17 years old. You know, again, those you know time frames are a little, a little vague. Um, Goliath was somewhere between 16 and 19, 16 and 20. Sure. You know, so if you look at the bottom end of that, and he was 14 when he was anointed. He was what 30 when he, he actually 16 years started. So 16 years. That's a long then time. Then you got another <laughs> seven and a half that. He's down in this other area, so developmentally, you know, you're, you're, you're exactly yeah, you're, you're king of the slums. You're, you're king of the slums, and then he moves up and he gets Jerusalem, and he had, and you know, of course, that's a very loose you know phrase of the king of the slums there. But you know, he he had to work himself up, and he had to get that bigger house, so to speak. Right. You know, um, it wasn't I'm sure what he expected or wished or wanted. And when he laid his head down at night and he closed his eyes and he's going, aren't I supposed to be king? The point is, is that we have to remember it's not our timing. 
Right. You know, and no matter how much we want it, no matter how God, how much God's even told us that it is ours, I will make you king. When but I'm ready. But you're going to wait. And when, when I'm, I'm ready. ready. Exactly. All right. Excellent point. Excellent. Judge. Uh, your I've, summary. Yes, I, all that Kyle says, I agree with Kyle completely. Uh, this particular lesson we studied today, folks, uh, is a culmination of David's waiting and seeking God. Uh, patiently, I might add, like Kyle said, and finally, you see the fruits of it. Uh, I remember one day, and I, I think I've shared that, folks, it felt like the Lord actually spoke to me and told me to go to law school. And I was 34 years old. I wasn't 24 just out of college or 22 just out of college. I was 34. Just out of college. <laughs> yeah. It took me 14 years. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah and, um, and, and it seems like when the Lord works in my life, he's, I'm always about 10 years behind everybody else. And I don't know why that is, but I can tell you that. That's just the way he's worked with me. With David, as Kyle said, uh, he was, what, 14, 16 years <laughs> Behind with David until he finally became king. And we also know in the past that Moses left Pharaoh's presence and ran away because he had killed a servant when he was 40 years old. And it took 40 years of God working on him to bring him back to lead the people out of Israel when he was 80 years old. So, folks, God is not rushed in time. <laughs> right. <laughs> Absolutely. You. So, to keep that in mind, if he tells you something and you really believe he's told you to do something, don't be surprised if you had to wait, wait a little while for it to occur. It may not occur tomorrow like you'd like it to occur. And I can tell you, personal experience, it doesn't always occur the moment that the Lord reveals something to you. Professor, yeah, um, I, I'm just excited we're doing David again. I just I love David. Uh, I'll just encourage our listeners to go to uh, www.spiritualoasis.com, see our website. We've got some blog posts. I'm running a little behind thanks to my current housing situation. Get some more blog posts out You're there. You're laid up in a you know Marriott you know <laughs> sweet or something bon, Bonvoy loves me at this moment I was technically checked into two hotels all last week mm. <laughs> um, so um, but yeah um, visit us there find us on Twitter find us on Facebook SoundCloud for all of our the website gets you to all of it so do want to get you to encourage you to do that please follow us on Twitter I'm starting to pick up a little tweet activity again so you tweeter so I'm kind of a, Kind of excited. It's going to be a gr- going to it's going to continue to be great lessons on day. Excellent, Steve Titch. Yep, this is cool because I think at the beginning of the podcast we said we know the beginning. Although we've we've done everybody knows the story of David and Goliath. Uh, most know the 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 anointing of David by Samuel. Not him. Not him. Not him. Not him. Him. Um, but we really talk about the, and we, we, we know the end. We, we do, we, everybody knows the story of David and Bathsheba. But these stories in between where he was, the height of his kingship, where, you know, why David is remembered as a great king, we don't talk about that that much. We don't, we don't, we don't do studies of that. So that'll be cool for the next few weeks to really look at the way David handled uh, his kingship when... <laughs> When he was still maybe, when he still 
was maintaining his his relationship with the Lord. And he never, not, not that he ever loses that, but as as we were, we hinted at already, uh, things creep in with being a king, that and and temptations arise and habits arise that maybe uh, you can't help. But this is uh, we, we've got some cool things going on between now and in, in the next few weeks. So so join us, tune in. I don't know why the excellent Steve. I'm not sure why this lesson reminds me of my kid, but it does. I have a son, and I'll never forget when he was in Little League. He won his team won the championship of Little League, and he brought the little trophy home and says to me, "Dad, we won." the championship but it wasn't the major leagues and I told him I go you beat everybody in your category you beat who you were supposed to and I think in life success is is not a straight line from bad to good okay there's a lot of ups and downs and the lesson that I take away from this with David is is simple. He has some of the highest highs, but also some of the lowest lows oh, yeah. of any of the characters in the Bible. But he never loses his humility and his dependence on God. And I think that, as far as a man thing, that's what I take. So thanks so much for tuning in. This is podcast number 106. Hard to believe. Man Up Spiritual Oasis for men. We're not pastors. We're just regular guys. Please find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, of course, on the Twitterverse, uh, our website, and Facebook, Man Dash Up, if you have a question uh, that you'd like to pose to the panel. And, of course, if you're ever in Sugarland. And it's a Sunday morning, and you're a man, and you want to just man up. Make sure you stop at Sugarland Baptist Church and join us. And while you're at home, we encourage each and every one of you to find a Bible-based local church. Why local? So you'll go. And when you go, go to Adult Bible Fellowship or a Sunday school class. Try and find a men only where you can be awesome. And if there is one, start one. This is Man Up. You've been listening to Man Up. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Dedicated to the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flamethrower to this place. You can contact us on Facebook under Man Dash Up. Post questions, and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up Podcast.